Hello and welcome to the Learning How to Love podcast. I'm Penny and this podcast is dedicated to love. But not just relationships, romance or the type of love that we feel because love is a verb. It's something that we do. And I hope that through these weekly stories of heartache, healing and courage, you feel inspired and empowered to express and embrace love in its many forms every day of your life. Today, I have a very special guest on. It's Emma, a beautiful friend of mine and the founder and CEO of Movement is Medicine. In case you don't know, Movement is Medicine is a brand that combines neuroscience, music, dance, and storytelling to educate and empower people to understand dance and music as a simple yet effective tool for health and well-being. So I hope you enjoy this episode where Emma shares her incredible story, her journey to how she got to where she is now and how movement is medicine, the method came along and yeah, just how movement has helped her so far. So enjoy. In this episode, Emma talks about the many layers of healing that she had to take herself through after experiencing extreme medical trauma. On that journey, she explored different types of therapy that were so, so helpful for her. And talking therapy was one that was particularly helpful. With that being said, I want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy and that way BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then. You can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. And if your therapist isn't the right fit for you for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional cost. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy but with a therapist who is custom picked for you with more scheduling flexibility and at a more affordable cost. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash lovepenny. That's betterhelp.com forward slash lovepenny. Hello, my darling Emma, and welcome to the pod. Oh, how exciting! We're here. We are here. Yes. We're actually doing podding. Imagine. <laughs> look at the growth. Look at you more than anyone would know the resistance yeah. and the time that this has been in the in the well, the resistance behind it with me, and the time since I first said I was going to do this. Do you remember? I do. And I'm very proud of you because you've actually done it. So you Thank can tick you. it off that list. 
you know that list is long gone it's like an ancient map <laughs> you know with all the like burnt coffee edges. granules yeah coffee granules and that <laughs> You know, but it's so, so good to have you here today on the Learning How to Love podcast. We want to just kick off. We've only got a certain amount of time and I know me and you could go on. Yeah. I wish this could be one of those like two hour ones because we could have the gold, but we will come back. So let's just start with you introducing yourself, please. Tell everyone who you are and... um, yeah, the incredible journey that led you to where you are right now. Yeah, so my name is Emma Marshall. I go by Emma the Alchemist on Insta and just as a little alter ego because, you know, it's important to have the separation, I think, um, between you as an online personal persona and then you in real life. So, yeah, Emma oh, the Alchemist. You know, you know, sorry to cut you, but you know what I'm like. Um, <laughs> you know your name on Insta when it changed from Shut Up, I'm Dancing to Emma the Alchemist. You yeah. actually made me Google Alchemist because I thought I knew what it meant until you changed your name to it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the transmutation, the alchemy. You turn one thing, one substance into another substance. So, yeah, it's it's relevant. It was part of my journey, like, when I changed my name. But actually, it's quite funny because, yeah, I was sharp I'm dancing, which is kind of much more relevant to what I do now. So, you know, I, yeah, exactly. It all comes full circle. Um, but, yeah, I am the creator and founder of Movement is Medicine. Um, so, Movement is Medicine is a, well, it's a method that I've created, but it's more than that. It's a brand. It's a. It's essentially a body of work to teach people how music and dance is the best medicine, in my opinion, <laughs> um, for many reasons. And there's a lot. It, it's based on the pillars of neuroscience, uh, indigenous wisdom, and rave culture, which is where I came from. Started working in the music industry when I was like eighteen um just doing bits and pieces you know fly girl um I was writing for a, a, a newspaper like or doing uh, reviews on raves that I've been to like that kind of thing and yeah and I it didn't know there. that yeah 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 I, I didn't know you used to write rave reviews yeah I did I did I, I was love a that because <laughs> I was out all the time um and then, um, yeah, I started working in the music industry. But in between that as well, I did a degree. I've got a degree in English literature and communication studies, which is basically just philosophy, sociology, because that is how my brain works. I like to go into philosophical understandings of the world and sociological understandings of the world and behaviour and people. Um, I was a teaching assistant for a couple of years, working with kids specifically with ADHD. And then, yeah, went full time into the music industry when I was like 23 and worked at some of the biggest companies in the world, did my thing. I worked for Sony, I worked for CAA, I worked for um, management companies, I worked with like loads of DJs, artists, producers, um, booking agents, all that kind of jazz. And then it was quite unfortunate because during all this time I was having health problems um that no one really understood it was all kind of mismatched like one thing after the other after the other after the other and I just couldn't understand technically as a healthy supposedly 20 something year old woman why my body kept not working basically because it just was what was happening just wasn't working there was like a year in particular where 
I had a really bad kidney infection and I had a catheter inserted and like it was like it, I was really not okay in um the regard of being able to like go to the toilet for example and it's yeah. like well this is what happens to old women not 24 25 year old people so that was one thing and then after that I then um, got tripped over in the street I fractured my wrist and then that ensued into this whole journey with like chronic pain like serious pain where I was ended up um I ended up getting diagnosed with something called complex regional pain syndrome which is actually nicknamed the suicide syndrome um because it is the most painful thing that you can go through um and it's all to do with the nervous system and basically your nerve your nervous system goes into this thing of firing off wrong supposedly signals and information um in regards to your pain receptors that something is seriously wrong um so it feels like burning it feels like your whole body's burning um and yeah neurologists kind of don't really particularly understand it that well um but it usually happens after a physical trauma so that's what happened to me is that I broke my arm and then or broke my wrist sorry and then I ended up getting diagnosed with this thing that went on for six months and it was that was a whole uh ordeal in itself um and having to just find solutions really because when western medicine doesn't really give you answers there has to be other solutions and then after that i had to have my appendix out and then they told me that actually your appendix wasn't the problem you just had loads of inflammation in your gut and your your yeah your you need to go see a gastroenterologist and we just don't really know what's wrong it was this is constant theme for me we don't know what's wrong with you but there's something obviously wrong um, one big thing after another yeah it wasn't yeah the thing it wasn't just like oh I had the flu it was like these big big yeah. ordeals that were like taking up my whole life big syndromes like, big syndromes big <laughs> issues you know big big deals so I had to had to figure it out on my own and it was at that point it was after that year that was in 2015 um I I just I went to the, I remember it so clearly I went to the GP my mum took me to the GP because I was just like not okay um obviously physical health mental health in my opinion it's the same thing it's going to manifest in the same way um if you're not okay it can it will come through physically and mentally for some people for some people it'll just be one or the other and um yeah so I went to the doctor and the doctor's just like oh well you know you're obviously depressed and I was like of course I'm depressed I've just spent the last year in and out of hospital with all these things that you don't know what's wrong still. Like, I, I, of course I'm depressed. Like, that's not a surprise to me. But the obvious um, answer from a Western GP is, well, here's your antidepressants. And I was like, I'm not taking them. So I went on my own journey and started to study nutrition. I started to study herbs. I was looking into things like African spirituality and I went to see a like she was a counsellor and a healer, um, this Jamaican woman. And I was going to see her like every Saturday for a year. That was like my promise to myself. And I just started to unpack a lot of stuff, a lot of trauma, a lot of things that have gone on, a lot of understandings of how the mind and the body are interconnected. But I also never felt like I fully got my health back. Like I felt like I never fully recovered. Um, there was always still something niggling. The, the pain never really went away. I was always tired. I was always having um, like skin breakouts. My hormones would fluctuate. And there was just that one thing still after the other. I was like, where is health? I don't know where this is anymore. And you just get used to it after a while, I think as well, because you've just got stuff to do. So um, I was living like that for probably like three, three, four years. 
And then in 2018, um, I had a termination after I got pregnant and it went wrong and that was it my body was already not strong I don't believe at this point I believe I still already had like these issues that were underlying that hadn't been resolved fully and then this trauma happened and it was horrendous it was really really bad and it was bad both physically and mentally and emotionally you know there was all these pillars to it and it was a very difficult decision in the first place so I just shut down it was that simple like physically emotionally mentally I just shut down I could I I just couldn't cope and um after that my health got worse it deteriorated and actually that's when we met Mm. so we met that year about three months after that happened well no that's not true we'd met before that's a lie but we as in we we became like actual in contact friends friends. yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, because I you're right yeah yeah we used to um love each other online and see each other out but um but I remember I got asked to um speak at an event in um raising money for Grenfell and uh and yeah I had just I'd either just been diagnosed with CPTSD which is yeah you had post-traumatic stress disorder or in the process of knowing I you know you know I'd never heard of it before but um and I met someone that introduced me to you officially because you were going through a trauma and you had an amazing trauma counselor or trauma guy yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) I remember him Kevin Kevin I was just gonna (laughs) say his name but I thought can we yeah um, Yeah. she she told me about Kevin and Kevin was through you that's how that's how we met yeah and like that was all really interesting as well how I met Kevin because at that time when this was all going on I was working at Sony and I was working on a project with Risky Rose and it's Risky Rose's dad so that's how Kevin came about into my life and he was the first person that kind of validated like you've got a lot of trauma like there's a lot of trauma that has happened to you that has kind of been normalized um and yeah you've got PTSD a hundred percent you've got PTSD and that was also confirmed by a doctor um that I, I I mean I was at breaking point around that time um so yeah it kind of was like the validation was there but my health was deteriorating still even worse and worse and worse and I just had to go deep into research I isolated myself and I found all this information that was more in the functional medicine world which is all about things like Lyme disease and mold poisoning and like how toxins affect the body and that kind of thing and so I went I, I was already doing like my own self kind of healing at that point taking the herbs taking the supplements doing raw raw diet raw juicing you know really trying to figure it out on that perspective um but um yeah that's when you kind of stepped in and you were like nah this is I remember I I remember where I was yeah funny if I paint this picture it's actually quite funny I was standing on my bed (laughs) and I I, so funny I, I don't very rarely stand on my bed but I was I was standing on my bed on the phone to you and you said to me well my body just is I'm in pain every single day um and I was like why and you were like well lots of different things have happened but I don't actually know why and I was Mm. like every day you're like every single day I was like there's no way you can be living like this Mm -hmm. And then you were the, you that you were the first person to say it to me. You know, I've been shouting it 
from the rooftops. This is the thing that I found so difficult because we in this society, this is the problem is that we've normalized health as uh, well, health issues as normal. Like, so there's so many people that live in this world with loads of different syndromes and health issues and chronic pain and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it was like, you know, when I really started to understand, for example, complex regional pain syndrome and was told it was literally nicknamed the suicide syndrome and I'd just been told to get on with it. It's like, hang on a minute. So this syndrome that you've given me is literally on the pain chart above childbirth and amputation. So you're telling me as somebody that lives with this daily, I've just got to crack on, even though it's worse pain than childbirth and amputation. Get on with it. What planet what? are we living on? Yeah, 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 yeah. How? How can I function? And the answer, of course, is opioids. Ooh. So they give you opioids. They don't work. So, again, I'm having to find, like, more natural, holistic substances to, to figure this out and, like, settle my nervous system. So just so much self-study mm. and research. But obviously, at the time as well, when you're trying to tell people, like, oh, this is, you know, I've, I'm being affected like this and I've got these issues and blah, blah, blah. And people have been, yeah, we've been normalized that um, in that regard that health issues are normal. Mm. So when you then stepped in and were like, no, this isn't normal and it's also not okay, more to the point, I felt bringing it back to the name of this podcast like wow you actually love me like that's actually how I felt I was like this person actually really loves me because they really want to listen to this and like find a solution with me because I felt completely isolated on my own um the medical professionals who were meant to help couldn't help my family didn't understand what to do you know it's been going on for so many years it's just again normalized I've got friends of mine who are party friends they don't care they just want to see you when you're out and about you know and it's not uh, it's not throwing shade it's just this is the way that our society has been kind of formulated we don't have that deeper level of, of understanding of how to communicate with people that are maybe going through certain things um or the resources available more to the point so yeah you stepped in and that's when we said to you know well maybe we should try and raise a bit of money and then I can actually try and get some proper treatment for all of this and like go and do some experiential stuff and that's what happens I raise a load of money and I raise enough money so I could go to this hospital in Mexico um and it was when I got to that hospital in Mexico they were like you're seriously ill like you're actually seriously ill you have no immune system so there's this there's different parts of the immune system right and there's this specific part of the immune system which has actually been linked to stress so and I'm going to go on to stress being the biggest part of my journey and why I do what I do now in a minute but essentially stress has such a deep profound level of impact on the nervous system and on the way in which your nervous system then interacts with your immune system that you have these cells called NK cells and your NK cells are called your natural killer cells they're the cells that are part of your immune system every day that fight off toxins and bacteria and viruses and also cancer cells I had six how many are we supposed to have 300 plus oh 300 plus is a normal functioning healthy human i had six so someone could literally cough and you would faint facts i'm sorry to make light of it but you know no fact we (laughs) listen if we can't laugh now like what's the point (laughs) do you know what i mean it's just like it's like that meme, yeah, there's this meme where it's like the one molecule of serotonin that's still banging its drum. It's like, that's how I felt about these little like NK cells. It's like, oh, don't no. come for us. We, we don't have enough. We don't have enough of us. But yeah, that's what was that. So was that, do you think that's what you were 
operating on for so long as yeah. to why you got sick so much or yeah 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 I do I think I think it's an accumulation of different things so when so from my work now where my work is at now like I believe that the nervous system is your top tier system so many people will be 100%. of course looking at the gut and looking at the immune system and these kind of things if your nervous system is not in good functioning optimal order you can do all the gut healing you can do all the you know immune response herbs and all that kind of stuff it's not going to work is it it's not going to make any difference because your nervous system overrides all of it so um that's kind of what i was finding out essentially it's like all right well yeah i've been i've been doing the healthy eating i've been doing the supplements i'm doing this and that and it's still not working and i've still got these issues and it in turn has affected deeply my uh, my hormones in particular because the endocrine system and the nervous system was completely interlinked so with that in mind like I was in hospital and I had two serious infections that were really really like you know doing me dirty basically one was a bacterial infection and one was um a, a viral infection what the, the viral infection was like affecting my knee joints Whoa. and then the the bacterial infection was affecting my lungs um but at the same time the hospital was like you are you are actually kind of healthy like it's weird like you you're you're you've got the the heart rate of an athlete and like you've got and I'm like well yes because this is what I've had my whole life is that I, I was an athlete and I have had this level of health so now I don't have this level of health and it's confusing for everyone so but my respiratory system yeah. okay but please yeah. don't focus on that right now thank you yeah let's go to, <laughs> let's go to the actual stuff that's not working yeah so yeah that um but it was in hospital that things got really serious because I obviously you, you're banging on this brick wall going help me help me help me and knowing that something's seriously not right and then you get into hospital have the actual testing done and then they're like no actually you are seriously ill and here's why and I was having seizures I couldn't walk I lost the ability to walk um it was a lot it was a lot to go through because I think that there's this thing of like where you just kind of have to surrender to the fact that actually you are ill like you 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 know you're ill you think about it but there's no diagnosis or anything so you're just like well I've got to keep going keep going keep going and then you get to hospital and suddenly it's like, yeah, you are ill. Oh, I'm going to surrender to the fact that I'm actually ill now. And then my symptoms got worse. Mm. So it, cause you kind of lose, you, you kind of give up the fight almost. Yeah. Um, and that's how I felt. I was just like, I knew it. And I was also so frustrated and disheartened. And yeah, there was, there was a lot of stuff going on during that period of time. Mm. And I had some really serious, intense treatment. They put me to sleep for, um this thing called hyperthermia where they heat your body up to like 106 degrees to kill all this bacteria and get rid of all this stuff your body sweats it out in this very intense way but it's like a huge it's you know it's, you're under general anesthetic you're asleep mm -hmm. so I had that procedure done twice in two weeks I then also had ozone therapy which works wonders for a lot of people and there's a lot of people that are doing it for cancer treat um cancer patients for example but for me there was so much going on in my system that it yeah it just made me even worse it made me even sicker that's where the seizures started and my body was just shaking and now I know that actually they weren't seizures as such it was actually my body was so under stress the only thing it could do was go into somatic release which was just to shake and at the time not one doctor said that to me but they were like we don't know why you're seizing we, we don't know what's going on and wow. it was, you know, it, again, I've just been under this kind of bracket of mystery illness for such yeah. a long period of time. There was never any clarity. So I left there, felt awful after this treatment. There's, there's the other thing, right? Getting into the head of like, well, 
you go into hospital, you have your treatment, you come out and then you get better. That didn't happen for me. I got went, in, went into hospital, got worse, came out and was like, well, what now? I was on 30 supplements a day. I was lost. I was traumatized. I was on my own. And I kind of went on this journey of exploration where I felt that no one felt safe, actually. Like you and maybe two or three other people in my life felt safe spaces for me. But I just had to go on this kind of exploration journey on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually what I realized now is why I did that is because I needed to just find my joy and I needed to connect to something bigger than me um, outside of this experience that I'd had um, that was actually all to do with nature, which I'll go on to in a bit. But it was, yeah, it was really interesting to like reflect on that recently and just understand that at that point in time, I was putting myself into spaces that were so all about nature. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just went on this huge journey and was studying with all types of different mentors and people and everyone ranging from chiropractors through to acupuncturists, through to therapists, psychotherapists, through to shamans, through to herbalists. Like it, the list was endless of like the amount of people that I met on my own personal journey to like understand the connection between the mind and the body and understand as well, like indigenous wisdom, more to the point that there is indigenous wisdom that is so profound that we need to also tap into from various different continents, Africa, South America, Central America, Native America, you know, this stuff, India, like these, these places have beautiful teachings that have been lost in the colonization basically of Western way is is the best way. And it's not all the time, you know, the Western medical system as we know it, is under a lot of pressure and a lot of strain and it doesn't always work for people and I think it's really important that we highlight that point that it doesn't always work it's one system there's other ways in which you can do this yeah and um so yeah I went on this huge journey and then ended up um studying a lot more into the nervous system and that was my favorite thing and then out of that I was like oh just going to start dancing because that's what's going to help Wiggle me regulate and my wine nervous yeah, to make her it, feel fine. <laughs> where it came from. That's where it came from. And this is, of course, during the pandemic where there's no resource. So yeah. I, woke, I woke up one day and I was just like, yeah, you're going to have to start dancing. You're going to have to start moving. You're going to have to, have to get your body back into a space of feeling safe. And you're going to have to do it through movement um, because mm. I really realized that movement is the key. Um, So that's where it all kind of started. I moved back to Mexico. And then when I was in Mexico, I decided to do this challenge, the Movement is Medicine Challenge. And I created a playlist and I put together tunes that just wanted, you know, to get people up and dancing that were all basically like house and garage and drum and bass and just stuff that I listened to and grew up on, basically, you know, like Miss Dynamite and like, yeah. I remember, I remember, I remember where I was. I was in Pennsylvania and we were on the phone and you were like to me, what I think I was doing the 21 days of joy or the 21 days of power, either my journaling challenge or my affirmation challenge. And you were like, I'm loving seeing these challenges. And I was like, thank you. You know, when your friends like your stuff, you're like even more. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm doing one for dance, but I'm doing 30 days. And I was like, yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. That's what it was I remember the day. Yeah. I remember the day. I remember where I was sitting. I always have this visual memory. I'm like, I remember where I was sitting. I Mm. love that though. That's beautiful. So yeah, that's that's where it all really started from. And then from there, I just put together all this knowledge that I had of the neuroscience aspect of what I'd studied around the nervous system and um, and trauma and stress responses, basically, and the way that the brain and 
um, interacts with the rest of the body on that. Um, which is directly linked to senses. So uh, my whole thing is based around the senses, which is really important for people with neurodivergence, basically, as well. Anyone that's got neurodivergence um, as a diagnosis or they think that they're in that bracket, like working with your senses is the key. Whenever you do kind of therapies, they will always tell you if things get too overwhelming or too much, you have to tune into taste, touch, smell, sound, sight. And so that's kind of a big component of this method that I've put together. So yeah, the neuroscience aspect and then uh, indigenous teachings and then absolutely into rave culture, which is just like playing and making sure that the tunes that we're moving to that allow people to find their rhythm are actually music that you'd hear out. It's not that you'd like have to go to some like kind of middle of nowhere retreat and like hear this music that you've never heard before I'm like I want to get people into an understanding that you can do this anytime anywhere you don't have to remove yourself and go into the middle of the jungle to do it um so that's sort of like where the journey kind of got to in in my own personal thing and I've been teaching it now as a method so the method is actually um somatic meditation which is a meditation specifically working with the body everything that we do is a form of movement so we're moving through stuff through touch pressure points breathing um and the whole premise of it is to like find where your tension and your stress is and how your body is communicating with you to literally move it like with your own hands and then we get up and we go into some release work which is essentially similar to trauma release exercises so that's been used around the world with people like um military you know soldiers who have come back from war and they found that they've got ptsd they do trauma release exercises to just allow the body to literally shake off stress and trauma which is what animals do in the wild and then as i said like doing it to music that you would just hear on a friday night at fabric so that's kind of what i have put together and it's popped off and it's doing really well and it's done amazing things for a lot of people now and I've taught it to thousands of people all around the world and it's getting bigger and the whole premise behind this is just like pushing it out as a brand so that we actually start to educate people on the fact that they're likely doing this already so how can we then elevate this into just a a guest consciousness it's like you know this stuff is we just need to be more conscious and aware of it and just that's take education so Thank you. So we've spoken a lot about the different traumas and, you know, different Mm. things that you've been through Um, and, you know, kind of come to the point where, you know, you tried everything and you you took it straight back to your original instinct, which is to dance. Your your name before all of this on Instagram was shut up, I'm dancing. Um, You're actually saved in my phone as Emma dancing. And that was before Movement is Medicine, before the challenge. Do you remember? I do. So I I guess people that are listening um, are understanding that, wow, you know, there's, there's ways to heal that don't cost a massive amount as well which is really encouraging to hear but for people that might not you know how you were living in pain for years Mm. and you didn't know what it was and but you did go to the hospital a lot so you got told you had this and you had that and so you knew my body is just there's something going on Mm. but there's a lot there's a lot of trauma that doesn't necessarily well look you know is not a lot of trauma is also emotional and um mental and it it can come from a place of the experiences you've been through not just physical trauma on the body no um and so if say somebody 
has gone through trauma, not the same ones as you. So they're not necessarily resonating with your specific experiences, but how would they know? Basically, how would a person know that their body is in an uncomfortable place because of traumatic things that they've gone through and it's time to consider healing? Right. So what you just said there is a nail on the head, which is the body, um, which is trauma is emotional and mental as well as that physical component. Right. Um, The body's very intelligent. It's extremely intelligent. If you go through um, physical trauma, the the body can absolutely heal itself. You just have to essentially put the right things in place for that to happen. Mental and emotional, however, is a lot more difficult for us. Why? Because we don't want to deal with it. We put it in a box. If you've got a broken leg, that's a trauma. Body's gone through a trauma. Okay, cool. What am I going to do? I'm going to rest, put it in a cast, make sure it's protected, incubate it, and then I will get on with my life and you know go through the necessary protocols a mental and emotional trauma however okay that's just happened and I'm not going to deal with it I'm not going to talk about it I'm going to put it in a box I don't even know how to express this to somebody we've also normalized a lot of stuff that's trauma we've got big trauma we've got small trauma it's all a spectrum and so what ends up happening is that people over time give us a couple of examples of each just for anyone that this is new to Yeah, absolutely. So big traumas are the things that we kind of are more aware of, which is things like war or a natural disaster or medical trauma that I've been through, for example, sexual trauma. Um, Those are kind of the bigger traumas that we're we're aware of. Abuse. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We we would say if somebody told you that story, you'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, that's trauma. Yeah. And for people that obviously know your story, it's like, oh, yeah, that's definitely trauma. That makes sense. The small traumas that we go through, which are the things that turn into that, it's more like chronic stress. But over time, these are it's the same concept. The nervous system is going to respond in the same way. So cr- chronic stress can look like you're in a job that you hate. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. You're in a job that you hate. Maybe your boss is a bit of a, of a difficult person. Maybe they're a bully. But you're not seeing that bullying as a trauma. It absolutely is. Your body's responding the same way. I've got to protect myself because I'm under attack. That's what trauma is. This is all nervous system related stuff. So this is all about fight and flight responses, which eventually turn into freeze and freeze is shut down. It's what animals do when they're terrified. It's what animals do when they prepare to die. This is the predator prey situation. So a really good example of this is in modern day society definitely is work because there's loads of people that will be doing jobs and doing things in their life that are not conducive of health at all and especially not good for their nervous systems but they have to do it because they need to go and earn money and it's a big kind of um thing for people because they think maybe they're just lazy or they're unproductive or they just don't like their job or they don't like their boss and actually what they're doing is their nervous system is actually physically responding to this and what this looks like on a symptomatic level are things like exhaustion pain just pain in general it doesn't have to be excruciating pain but pain in general migraines great example headaches migraines um joint pain um it will look like skin issues you know eczema uh, psoriasis acne all those things are showing you that there is absolutely an imbalance the skin and cortisol are directly linked there's so many people that um have gut issues now the gut is directly linked to the nervous system you can eat the healthiest food in the world but if your nervous system is not at that point of rest and digest easily 
then you're going to have gut issues. And therefore, what ends up happening, the gut brain connection steps in, et cetera, et cetera. And this is where being unable to concentrate, experience absolutely anxiety, the brain depression, mm-hmm. brain fog. You know what yes. is really interesting is, and I'm glad that you've just um, outlined it like that, because in the same way that nothing worked for you, you were told yeah. you had this, you had that treatment, nothing was working. There could be people, and this is what happened. With, happens with a lot of people. There are people who are experiencing all of these physical ailments, these issues, these pains, these dysfunctions, and no medication is working. And it's not because they've touched on it's not because the doctor has given them the wrong diagnosis which happens a lot but it's because it's something they would never consider looking at which is their emotional state their physical environment the you know their well-being their inner well-being and I think as well a lot of that comes from you know for people that have experienced childhood trauma and that can often come in the form of neglect abandonment you know in its many forms that making yourself so small, that never feeling seen and heard, things like that. When your emotions or your inner state is preventing you from being at your best, you don't think that matters. You think you have to just stick it out, fix up, get on with it, be better, be stronger, uh-huh. stop being a, a whatever, whatever, you know, I was going to say a fool, but you know, whatever comes to mind, yeah, yeah, stop, yeah. Being, stop being, just, just do, just get your yeah. finger out your bum, you know, yeah. but, but you would never ever consider that all of the stuff that you experienced has actually now led to these things. And so the way that you've just linked it to the nervous system and, and the, it it just goes to show that people are having gut problems. People have had asthma, eczema that never gets healed, no matter what they try, Mm -hmm. breathing issues, acid reflux, you know, constant diarrhea. Oh, I've always had diarrhea. Always. Not, not me, but I'm saying some (laughs) people just like, yeah, I've always got diarrhea or, oh yeah, Yeah. I only, only poo once every two weeks. Minor. It's just how I am. Not minor. (laughs) Not minor. Not Not normal. It's not normal. But again, this is my point is that we've normalized this so much. Yeah. People have no understanding of what health actually even feels like, looks like, like any of it. And what's really important to mention as well is like everything that you're talking about are symptoms absolutely directly linked to nervous system dysregulation. And so when we look at something like the flight response, when you go into the flight response, that's where you're living with anxiety. Flight is literally, I need to run away. I'm anxious. This is, oh my God, oh my God, oh my gosh, I'm out, I'm gone. Yeah. And then freeze is the symptom of freeze in your nervous system is depression. I'm shut down. I can't talk to anyone. I don't feel safe. I feel Mm. like I might die. And it I looks also, like depression. It looks like depression. I can't get out of bed. I have no energy, et cetera, et cetera. That is freeze mm. response. It's really important for people. And this, by the way, we go in and out of these every day, all the time. We yeah. just, we're not, we're not, not meant to have this. We are meant to have these responses. This is how human beings have evolved. This is how we are here on this planet today. However, what it's to do with is that there's been years and years and years of un. Um, diagnosed issues and dysregulation that have then basically filled up somebody's cup their trauma cup Mm. or their chronic stress cup to the top I now can't cope my my nervous system has no idea what safety even looks like feels like or yeah it, it just it is shut off from all of this so basically 
when we can understand when we're in this response, when I'm in fight, I feel aggy. I feel frustrated. I feel like I want to box someone in the face. I'm in fight, Mm -hmm. right? That's okay. It's okay to be there. But also understand that your brain is literally wired for danger. It's wired for survival. That's literally the point of these responses. They keep you alive. Now, if it's a situation which is a big trauma, absolutely a war zone, 100%. That's where you need to be in. You need to be in fight and flight for sure. That is your survival response. And then we need to bring you out of that when you come out of that that environment. Now, many people are living in a war zone in their own homes. So Mm. how do we bring you out of that environment within your own home or within a safe space, basically? And also get you to have that compassion for yourself that that's where you're going. So when I feel like I'm shut down and I'm depressed because I don't feel safe, it's because you don't feel safe. Simple as that. So how do we create that safety again in your body? Because it's the body that is always safe and present. The mind will take you somewhere else. The mind will make you believe that you are unsafe. We do it all the time. We have an emotional situation. This is the key with emotion. You have a subjective experience. It then gives you a physiological response in your body that is then going to tell you this is safe or unsafe. This is pleasurable or not pleasurable, et cetera, et cetera. This is then where we get the emotional charge. Oh, I like this. I don't like this. Then from that response, we then create a story. So this is where the ego comes in. And this is the mind-body connection. So basically what happens in therapy for a lot of people is they go in, they tell their story, and that's it. They tell their story. They, they are validated in their story. Yes, that's trauma. Yes, that's traumatic, 100%. What's the missing puzzle piece? It's releasing the story, but not from the mind. It's releasing the story from the body. It's releasing the physiological response that the subjective experience gave you so you no longer feel that situation Mm. so you can think about it oh yeah that happened but I don't feel charged Mm -hmm. I don't feel that same response I don't feel that emotional charge anymore that's how you know you've healed and -hmm. that's also how you well it's how you know your nervous system has then gone back into regulation as well um you've discharged and gotten over that event which is what Mm -hmm. animals do this is the thing animals do this on a daily basis the example I always use is you don't have a zebra go to the watering hole to get its daily little juice and mm-hmm. get attacked by a lion, survive it and go back and be like, guys, I can't go out tomorrow. Like, <laughs> I just can't do it. it it's not for me. You're going to have to go and get my juice. That's yeah. not what animals do. Animals are like, well, I need to shake it off. So they do. They find a safe space. They shake it off. It might take them a day. It might take them two days. It might take them a month. They wait until they are better in relation to that event that they've just gone through. Obviously, Mm. severity depends on the actual situation. And then they carry on with their life. We don't Mm. do that. We go through stuff. And then it's again and again and again and again. More trauma, more trauma, more trauma. We are not giving ourselves the time to recuperate. We're not giving ourselves the time to release it, feel it. We're not understanding what safety even looks like anymore. There are so many factors as to why people go into these responses and why they get stuck there which then absolutely manifests as physical and mental health symptoms for sure amazing I think the levels we've just gone through in understanding it is profound thank you so much and also that kind of answers um a question that I wanted to ask which is why is movement medicine and you've just said the therapy is one part and then shake it out 
get and it out. This is why. This is why it's not just good for your physical body, but it's no. amazing for releasing energy and trauma and stress, yeah, getting you it's, back into alignment. Yeah, stress. It's the discharge of the nervous system that's the key. But another thing that's really important to note with my methods, and the reason that it works so well, is because the purpose of it, and this is like a combination of neuroscience, but also stuff that I've researched into like the tribes, um, especially in Brazil. So um, it's basically about trance dance. This is the best way to explain it. So when you are in something called theta state, which is the state that we're in before we go to bed, when we're going to kind of fall asleep, when we're in that yeah. deep relaxation. Just or just waking up. Waking up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, it's when we're in that dream kind of state. Um, but we also access theta state when we go into meditation. That's been proven. It's been seen on brainwave scans, et cetera. So when you're in theta, what ends up happening is you got you bridge your conscious and your unconscious minds, right? So what ends up happening is that we might have stuff that we're completely unaware of that is making us react and respond in a certain way. For example, a danger that we're not even aware of, but we just, for some reason, I feel really anxious right now. Um, when you go into that deep theta state and that bridge is made, stuff is going to come into your conscious mind. What do we need to do with it? We need to move it. So the way in which we can do that is through all of the techniques that are to do with essentially the body. So things like the breathing techniques, um, the touching, um, pressure points and tapping and that kind of thing, because what this does is it reminds you that you are actually safe and present. Mm. And so when you're actually reminding yourself over and over and over again, you're safe and you're present and you're here and so is your body, whatever your mind is kind of purging, because the mind only has a certain amount of capacity for stuff. It's like your memory box and then we've got the stuff that we don't see. And, you know, the mind is so beautiful and complex, but it's also a bit of an abyss. And so when things do come to our conscious minds and our conscious um, awareness, where are we putting that and what are we doing with it? And basically the body has the ability to let that stuff go without you actually ever having to go deep into those stories. Mm. And that's the beauty of it. And that's, that's basically what, yeah, <laughs> totally. And that's what movement as medicine is absolutely all about. You know, I've had people that have gone through all sorts of stuff, like, you know, deep physical, mental health journeys, like really serious illnesses. Um, people not been able to walk, people who have been through cancer journeys, people who've been through addiction journeys, PTSD, all this kind of stuff, who have never had to tell me their story. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they've been through. And yet, for they've, you know, they've been doing it for a consistent amount of time. Some people it's three months, six months, a year, two years. And they've never once had to go into the story because for some people telling the story is just as traumatizing. Mm. So we need to find stuff and ways in which we allow people to feel what they need to feel and release it. And this is why therapies like EMDR are so helpful because it's actually partly to do with that. It's like being able to feel safely and the eye, eye movement desensitization is part of EMDR therapy, which is a trauma therapy. But in my opinion, it's a humble opinion. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong, because I think there's so many amazing different methods out there. But in my opinion, like my method is so profound and it works so well because it absolutely incorporates this understanding of theta state and the mind and the conscious bridge and as well how much our nervous system holds on to you literally release the nervous system without having to think about it and you're in that trance and when you're in that trance 
you could be anywhere. Your body just completely takes over. I had a woman tell me, she's been going out for years and years and years. She's like in her 50, she's like 59. She came to my sessions consistently for like six weeks or something. And by the end of the six weeks, she was shimmying, 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 shimmying. She's never done that before in her life. Her body just took over because that's how her body wanted to move. And so being able to move like that and allow your, allowing yourself to just find that freedom that's the release that we're looking for and this is what animals do because they don't care what they look like they're not mm. sitting there going oh my god look at look at matey like he looks like a weirdo like yeah. they don't do, they don't do yeah. that whereas like if we stand in the street and just start to shake somebody will be like that person's insane or having and a seizure so, like or having a seizure. yeah yeah yeah. yeah something's wrong whereas yeah. like actually when we go raving that's literally what we're doing we're standing on the dance floor and we're shaking it out and no one no one in a, in a rave um dance floor don't get it twisted i'm not talking about club culture club culture is all is a very different scenario that is oh look at me look at my bottles look at this look at that flexing etc that is not it rave culture is a completely different thing altogether no one's looking at no one everyone's there to literally just go Zoom. stage dj music whatever remove the hedonism i'm not don't get it twisted i'm not disillusioned to think that hedonism doesn't exist in those spaces but you remove the hedonism and you focus on why people are in there in the first place and it is to literally just find their freedom in their movement and that's where gun fingers come through (laughs) 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 what do you wish that you knew at the beginning of your healing journey that you now know the nervous system (laughs) really (laughs) yeah man if I had understood this this level of work and this level of teaching because actually it's not that complex and I think that that's also why a lot of people do gravitate towards my work in particular because I break it down in a way that isn't I'm a scientist like I break it down in a way that's accessible for people to understand and that's the key is that along my journey if I'd have found something at the start that was as accessible as like oh that makes sense then I think that things would have been very different obviously they're not and for good reason but the nervous system education is game-changing like you understand that you stop beating yourself up you stop hating your body you stop hating your mind you just start to see yourself as a living breathing mammal who has primal needs and primal instincts that are not being adhered to and it is affecting your well-being Mm. and that is going to impact every aspect of your life unless you really kind of work through that stuff and I think that in particular like yeah the nervous system responses like one thing that is game-changing for anyone that's basically in my life or has done my um, teacher training for example when I teach them the levels of what the nervous system can do and what it, where it comes from and how it all basically works in the most simple way possible, they, it's just like mind blown. Like that, that's where people go, Oh wow. I actually understand myself. I understand my journey. I understand what I've been through. And it's just a complete switch back into, I, I love myself for being able to deal with this. Mm. over I hate myself and I hate my body and I hate my mind and there's just a lot of that that goes on internally for so many people um because of the confusion actually that's as simple as that I'm confused I don't understand and then as soon as you give them the why 
game changing. And then of course, from the why you then implement the how, that's the fusion. And what does learning how to love mean to you and your journey so far? Just complete acceptance of all of it, of every single, there's no such thing as a mistake. That's one thing that I will definitely say. I don't believe in mistakes. I believe in lessons. Every single thing is a lesson. Every single thing is a teachable moment. Every single thing is an up level and an evolution process. So being able to see life and your decisions and your reactions like that, then you can only get better as you grow into your own wisdom. It's not a case of, oh my God, why did I do that? You know, as an, a really good example, you know, I made a decision at the end of the day to sleep with somebody I barely knew and I got pregnant and it was a terrible decision. And I beat myself up about it over and over again because the repercussions of that were, well, now you're being punished and you're being punished in the most horrendous way possible, which is, is literally going to break mind and body here. So I felt like that for a very long time. You, you're being punished for the terrible decisions that you've made in your life. And actually growing out of that as a mentality and a mindset, it completely changed everything for me. It was like, you know, I now live my life in a completely different way, not just to do with that, but obviously to do with just like everything, which is being mindful is you in the present moment, understanding how you're reacting and responding to different people based on where you're at in that in that response like how are you today are you living in fight flight or freeze because you're going to be reacting very differently when you're living in those responses to when you're living in a completely you know parasympathetic dominant state um and that's what i can safely say is that i know for me now when i'm in fight flight or freeze because i still go into those absolutely i'm not this mm. person that's like immune from any of it which we shouldn't be we should be proud because you don't have an immune system though oh yeah that's no, true <laughs> that's a true that's facts <laughs> no way so I joked it I was like I actually need to go and have that tested at some point in the future because like I've not had it tested since then I bet it's like forget your 300 I'm at five like that's how I feel now. I'm at 500 so like yeah like that's that kind of level of just getting into that I love myself this much that I know today I'm in this response and I therefore I'm going to ask my person or my people this is what I need today. This is what I need from you. Can you can you supply this? Because if you can supply this now, it's a give and receive situation at all times. It's completely symbiotic. And that is love. That's actual love. That's unconditional love for yourself. Mm. I'm here today. And this is what I need. That's love. And what does learning how to love mean for you in your future? As in, are there areas of your life or you know, where you feel you need to learn how to love? Yeah, I think uh, it will be a forever journey because, for example, you know, I'm in a situation at the moment with my business is taking up a lot of my time. I don't have a lot of time to invest into a relationship right now. Like I've got amazing connections and people around me. My support system has never been stronger um, and I've never felt more seen and heard and loved and understood, but there's going to come a point where I'm going to open myself up to actually having a relationship, which is for me, it's marriage, it's kids. It's like actually finding my own unit. 
that's going to be a whole new learning experience for sure because like I you know you know be like back to day one huh yes exactly exactly because it's like you know the husband's element it's like I'm having I'm going to have someone else in my life that I'm going to need to sacrifice and compromise certain things about the way that I live and the way that I think because I don't want to be a yes person I don't want to be a person that sits there and not be challenged if you're not able to challenge me then it's not going to work because I just don't understand. I, I can't sit there and not have some and have somebody just be like, yes, no, three bags full. Like, it's just not a thing. It's like, I need somebody to be that person. That's like, why, why are you doing that? Why do you think like that? Why is this a thing? And that's, that is a challenge. And that's yeah. something that I look forward to, but it's also yeah. going to be a learning experience. And the same goes for having a child without yeah. a doubt you that that's a whole different ball game it's like the levels of patience and unconditional love that you have to understand when you have children it's a different story so yeah beautiful aspects of life to come thank Mm. you and what love token would you in word form give to your younger self let it go let, Let it, it go. go. Yeah. No. Go. Would you give them a copy of uh, Frozen no. on DVD? Oh. Absolutely not. Yeah. No. Okay. I, I would. I, I'd put the tunes on. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a tune. I've actually got Just Let Go on, as a tattoo on my arm because, like, I understand now. Like, when we go into that element of needing to control, it's because we don't feel safe. So when I was younger. I was definitely like a much bigger control freak, like especially as a, like a younger child. Like I really wasn't, contr- I didn't like change at all. I hated it. Like if if somebody came into my room and like moved something to a different part, I'd be like, oh my God. Like I was, it would freak me out. And that kind of level of control and needing that level of control, it just comes from unsafety. So I think like been able to teach her what feeling safe is and like feeling protected is is been able to just let go of things that we can't control. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, one of the biggest lessons that, I mean, I, you know, I've done a lot of inner child work and I think that that's a, that's a big one for me. Is that, do you know what? It's actually come up only even last week or the week really? before. I went into church. I went to church. Uh, there's a, you know, the church. Hold on. No. Yes, yeah, so I've done a lot of inner child work and like just last week, this uh, the week before, this was a big one for me. It was realizing that I'd lost my connection to God in terms of feeling safe and protected because I think that that's something that is instilled from something higher than us when we're, when we're very little and we believe it. You know, if you're brought up in that way, that's what we believe. And I think that I'd gone through so much trauma in my life that I didn't, necessarily truly believe that anymore and I had a conversation with a friend of mine and he said something to me and it really like made me think about something and I went into that church on Kensington High Street and I sat there and I love that church that's my light that's my space and I just sat there and I looked at the stained glass and I cried and cried and then I just got this memory of me being in church when I was about five or six years old praying to God for protection and believing that that was that's it I've done it that's I'm protected I'm now protected. like it's yeah it's that. that childlike faith moves mountains Absolutely, you don't doubt it for a second and that's what I realized I'd lost along this journey and actually it's just become con- I've become consciously aware of that again now so 
being able to have that experience it, literally only two weeks ago of realizing actually you can tune into that because you've actually always believed that it's all of the other programming that's happened that has made you not believe that anymore so bring it back to that childlike state which is you are safe you are guided you are protected and god is very much on that journey thank you Ooh. if this was poetry i'll be clicking <laughs> thank you for that so before we go um you've spoken about what mim is MIM, abbreviation for movement is medicine. I've been using abbreviations a lot. My auntie actually got me into calling a voice note a VN. <laughs> I didn't think just I'd VN be. Just me. Yeah. yeah. No, literally. I, I literally say to her, oh, I'm just going to listen to your VN and then I'll be back. Anyway, <laughs> you've told us what movement is medicine, what movement is medicine is. Um but tell us what's next and how people can actually get involved and work with you. Yeah, so we're in a really beautiful space. I've got some really nice work coming out in the next couple months um, with some big people to put it into kind of like a next level stratosphere, basically, into more people's eyes and more people's living rooms. Um, I've done teacher training now for um, uh, nearly 20 students. So I've got 20 students underneath me now. Um, or so um, who are training or have trained in the methods who are now out there teaching so they're on zoom they're in you know the real world I've got people in New York Barbados Thailand um, like it's not just a, yeah it's not just an England thing either it's not like a UK thing but yeah so I'm training people so I actually personally can focus more on like getting the message out there because I was doing everything literally yeah everything and it broke me many times and I'm in a position now where it, I'm really beautifully supported in, in a more business structure so the way in which people can come is that they can work and do the method either online with me or one of my students yeah. or they can also if they really want to come and um, get into those deeper levels of understanding the power of music and dance as medicine because that's what mm. this is really all based on they can come and um, inquire about teacher training which I'm starting in June so I've got teach training in June Perfect. Um, and I've got events coming up all over the summer, which is beautiful as well. So, yeah. And we can find all of this on your, well, your Instagram is Emma the Alchemist. We'll, yeah. we'll keep it as that because then your website's in your bio, isn't it? Yeah, everything's, everything's funneled through Emma the Alchemist. Um, I've, yeah. got a, I've got the actual Movement is Medicine Method page, as which well. is where we put, yeah, that's where we put up everyone, everyone that's sort of, you know part of this now um but yeah I I post and promote everything through Emma the Alchemist so yeah it's all on there well thank you thank you so thank much you. for your many a gem thank um you. I know this is going to have light bulbs flying on for so many people I know that just in our in our journey of friendship you have just helped me so much with all of the the different things that you were learning about as well you know from the herbs yeah. to the nervous system to trauma and I was like receiving all of it because I was going <laughs> through it at the same time and it has been yeah. amazing so thank you for today and yeah thank you for just the the message that you're bringing to the world Thank you so much for having me and for giving me the platform to talk about it on here which is the perfect place because you were basically the originator of my whole journey. You were the one that went, off you go. <laughs> <laughs> no more pain. We yeah. won't be having that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, well, it's been a joy, Em. I'll be speaking to you soon. Of course. Love you lots. Thank you.